One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not going to review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Point. Oh! AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown, a.k.a. Cinema. <laughs> uh, what did you make of this week's episode? Um, uneven. Yep. I'll tell you one thing, right? I actually really liked how they handled this week's Bloodline thing. Yeah. It wasn't as melodramatic or as pretentious as normal. Dare I say it, I thought this week's Bloodline segment, The Rules of Engagement was understated enough for my liking. I, was, yeah, I, I got something from it. I was watching it going, something's different here, and you've hit the nail on the head. That's what it was. It was, it was relatively reserved for once. Yes, and I think it's necessary. They've been hammering this melodrama acting, tears in the matches and turns, and I think this thing needed to simmer before it got a little bit too pretentious and grating and insists upon itself. <laughs> and I, I quite liked what they did with it this week, I have to be honest. And uh, I have no doubt that you, like me, will have enjoyed random NXT appearances on this show. Bizarre. Because obviously they're in Orlando. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, you're going to get the champs. You're going to get Dom, obviously. You're going to get uh, Mello. Tiffany Stratton was there at one point. And then a huge pair in the Wilborn household for something that we'll get to in due course. Uh, they opened the show with a recap of uh, last week and Paul Heyman getting super kicked, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Roman Reigns furiously walking through yes. backstage. And the show properly starts uh, with another four-way to determine who will face Santos Escobar next week to see who will then face Austin Theory for the United States Championship at SummerSlam. And we start our first of many NXT appearances with Wesley looking rather happy for a man who's just lost uh, his title. Uh, Wesley and Dragon Lee. Nice to see a pair of brothers going out to the wrestling together. Um, and we have Rey Mysterio. We have Sheamus. I felt a bit sorry for Cameron Grimes being brought out before LA Knight as both. You both have come up from NXT and they've made no effort whatsoever to make people care about Cameron Grimes. So we got the reaction you'd expect as a result of that. It's bizarre. I'll get into that later. 
And then we have L.A. Night coming out. Everyone is saying. I love it. I, I do it at home. Like, there's no one there. It's not even Anne Louise. I'm watching it by myself. And he goes, let me talk to you. And I was like, yeah, this could be the entire show for all I care. Talks about SummerSlam being the biggest party this summer, and he's invited to every party he wants to go to. Uh, and he basically come, walks down to the ring as he's doing this, saying, I've got to run through these three knobheads, um, and then I'm going to go on and win the title at SummerSlam. Uh, and everyone wondering, whose game is it? With everybody saying, L-A-N-I-R-A. I love the news report today, by the way. Vince being like, LA Knight's getting quite over. It's like, yep. Four He's, months uh, later. Some of the hottest properties in the entire game, and the game itself is really hot. Yeah. Um, so they uh, brawl to open the match, you know, usual sort of four-way stuff here. Grimes knocks Ray to the outside, Knight knocks Sheamus to the outside, and then Grimes to do a nice LA Knight yeah, pose to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Sheamus is chopping the crap out of LA Knight. He gets him up, rolling senton. Uh, he sends him to the apron and uh, Grimes runs in and gets a wonk out on Sheamus with a roll-up. Uh, Grimes and Knight are on the outside. Uh, they're on the apron um, and they get caught there by Sheamus and Rey Mysterio who both hit 10 beats of the Bodron uh, and beat the crap out of them. And they collapse to the outside. Sheamus and Rey are like, pals, eh? Shake hands and Rey tries to pull Sheamus into the 619. So Sheamus, in that <laughs> inimitable face of his, is like, Oh, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. Hits him with a great Irish curse backbreaker. Um, gets some Mysterio up on his shoulders. And then Grimes comes off the top with a big crossbody to take both of them out. Uh, Mysterio goes up top. And then, I, I, I again, never taken a bump in my life. I don't know exactly what they were trying to do here. I think they were going to do a sort of Tower of Doom spot. But the, the spot was meant to be Seamus, I think, gets Grimes up for a powerbomb. And as Grimes gets sent for it, he sort of pulls the other two into a Tower of Doom. It ended up, and thankfully he's all right, with two of them basically just landing on poor Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Christ almighty, that looked a bit rough, but also I quite liked it in a weird way. Yeah. The desperation of it all yeah. in a four-way makes makes it, yeah. Um, that takes to a break. When we come back, um, Mysterio and Grimes are going out on the outside. Mysterio tries to throw Grimes into Theory. Theory kicks off at this. Sheamus comes off the top to take out Grimes and Mysterio. Um, he gets back in, takes out Knight, hits White Noise, one, two, kick out. Um, he goes to kick LA Knight. LA Knight just catches him, and, uh, lifts him up, slams him. Um, Didn't she- look good. No. Sheamus- Did not look good at all, sorry. She- I don't know what it was. I think I assume it was just, I don't think Sheamus would dead weight him. I think they just mistimed it. Yeah. Suddenly LA Knight's trying to, fair play, lift poor Sheamus. Uh, anyway, Sheamus comes back running knee. Uh, Knight hits a slam. Mysterio breaks up a nice pin attempt. Uh, Sheamus comes... Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. I forgot to turn my alarm off. That would have been from some kind of... uh, Something from the Sunday dinner. (laughs) Where you got to get your timings right and do lots of different things in advance and cook things in advance and stuff. What what, what meat are you having? Chicken. Chicken. Makes the best best gravy. Yeah. Good point. I do love pork. Yeah. Not a big fan. I love beef. I love steak. I love burgers. Not a big fan of a beef dinner. No, dry often, I find it's it. It's either dry or uh, a bit slimy if you mm. underdo it. Yeah, no, I think p- a pork or chicken always for me. Yeah. Never turkey, ever. I love turkey at Christmas. So I don't know what the f*** you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not good at cooking it. That's the problem. Um, I, What's the secret? I don't know. 
I just think you have to put loads of stuff up its arse. <laughs> if in doubt. You just put loads of like stuff like the oranges and stuff like that. Um I used to be a lamb guy. Oh, I'm a lamb guy, yeah. Well, I know you are, I'm gonna tell the listener something imminently. Uh oh. Um but I've just gone off lamb. No longer like the taste of lamb very much, if it's unless it's in a donna. Oh yeah, which is not really lamb, but <laughs> whatever it is, it's goated. Uh, I got my f- the first. That's an Adam Wilborn joke, and I'm going to pop it at anyway. Was in the old office. Um, it used to be like a Friday treat day every single. If you didn't have kids and you had a disposable frigging income, anyway, <laughs> I used to get well jealous. Um, and he went to a place called the Bake, uh-huh. which is like Lebanese food, and he got yourself a shawarma. Yeah, and you put it down. On the desk, as you all, um, as you all gathered to eat your food, and you just looked at me dead in the eye, and went wham bam, thank you, lamb. <laughs> I forgot about that. Didn't even eat it. That was just for the popper. Yeah, threw it in the bin afterwards. Yeah, uh, you're a vegetarian. <laughs> you just wanted to get a pop. Just slowly walk around every person's desk. Yeah, doing that. yeah. Not sure if you heard, but uh, wham bam, thank you, lamb. That's not too far removed from a bit you actually do. Yeah. So every time we've had an absolute disastrous weather, but an absolute disastrous period of weather across May, June, July. We didn't expect it to get really nice. June was going, yeah. but July's been absolutely miserable in Awful. the UK. And every single day, everybody's saying, well, Adam <laughs> Wilborn comes in and just comes right up to my face when I'm sat down writing. Working hard, yeah. Working hard. So much for the summer, eh? <laughs> and then if I don't get a pop, pull a face. Yeah, yeah, that's the rule. He always gets a pop. <laughs> So Mysterio manages to send both Grimes and Sheamus into the ropes to set up for a 619. Uh, nails both of them with it. He covers Grimes. Theory, though, pulls him out of the ring because no DQ, fatal four-way, and he's a grumpy bastard. Um, Santos Escobar runs down to ringside and chases Theory off, basically. And then you just get all the big finishes. So LA Knight hits an elbow drop on Grimes, turned around. Sheamus hits him with a bro kick, him, that being LA Knight. Uh, then Cameron Grimes hits a cave-in on Sheamus. Uh, and then Rey Mysterio gets a hurricane runner on Grimes, grabs his legs. One, two, three. It will be Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. This week now, I suppose, to see who goes on to face Austin Theory at SummerSlam. But a load of fun this four-way. It was a lot of fun. Um, some scattered thoughts. It wasn't quite as good as last week's, which is a lot tighter. And mm-hmm. um, this was, you know, it had more than one botch in it and one more than one move that just looked not great, as we've touched upon. But, you know, it was still dramatic. Even if it was not necessarily dramatic in the intended ways, mm-hmm. it was still dramatic. bit breathless, quite exciting. Um as a spot, and this guy deserves so much more, and I'm going to touch on that imminently, where um, it was the Hurricane Rana from Ray to Grimes. The bump that Grimes yeah. took, it's like, how have you not taken a header here? You just landed perfectly at what looked like warp speed. It was incredible. Um, so that ruled. Um, but still, as much as Cameron Grimes impressed me in the body of the match, he's Cameron Grimes. He's going to. It is... Is it disastrous? Is he, have they, what annoys me, right? And I try not to get annoyed by this because I do try and remove myself from the discourse because it's bad faith people saying bad faith things Mm -hmm. and then some guy who thinks they're insightful by saying, oh, I disagree, what a load of rubbish. Triple H, and it should be fair, and I'm going to be fair when we review Collision later. Absolutely. It's, just, it's never going to be fair because everyone's got these really weird obsessions with the companies that they are sort of obsessed with. I prefer one to the other, but I'm not going to say oh, it's automatically great because of exactly. the initials AEW. Like, 
what Triple H has done with Cameron Grimes is what every person, sometimes in good faith, and I agree with half of the takes, sort of says is a massive book and flaw of Tony Khan's, where he allows people to cool off to the point where they just feel like they exist or don't exist half the time. What Triple H has done with Cameron Grimes is bordering for me on the unforgivable. We have this affectionate um, approach to NXT, shall we say, where we kind of sometimes revel in how so bad it's good it yeah. can sometimes be. But this show genuinely, NXT, over the years, even in its 2.0 incarnation, or even when I had this identity crisis before it became <laughs> yeah. 2.0 um, in 2021, like, it can do really good funny things at times, one of which was the um, arc of Cameron Grimes. Yeah. We know, as NXT Day 1s, how good Grimes can be, mm-hmm. how entertaining he can be, like outside of the ring with his character work, with his skits and with his promos. He looks like he has had every shred of charisma and personality just like transfused out of him. Mm-hmm. Just a it's guy right now. So weird. Um it's he's just a guy. He's there half the time. He's directionless. What happened to the Corbin stuff? What was the well, end the, point the, of this that? This is the thing, they brought him in. They took it, they, they they moved on to the main roster, he disappeared for ages, and I thought, well, okay, I'm okay with that. Because you don't just have to be like, right, if you're not on NXT, you have to be on the main roster. We don't really have anything you need to do, but we'll just have you wrestling on there. Because that's kind of pointless as well. You just get lost in the shuffle there. And bring him in. He has this immediate shock win, as in just in terms of time, over Baron Corbin. I was like, oh, where are we going with this then? Are we making the cave in just like this unbeatable thing, or just the fact that he can get hit it from anywhere or whatever? And then Corbin, I think, beat him up, and then he maybe beat Corbin again. I, I, in fact, I can't remember. Speaks yeah, volumes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that was it. That's just done out. And then they were just like, oh, put him in here. And I was like, poor bastard. Like. I'll pop for him because I love him. And like you say, yeah. we know how great he is in the ring. We've given him knee chance. But you just go, here's Cameron Grimes. It's like, well, you could say anyone. Here's John Smith. Yeah. What 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 am I meant to know or care about it's him? Terrible promotion. Like, absolutely terrible promotion in Brooklyn because, as I said, we know how entertaining he can be. And it's obviously his entertainment value predates NXT. Even, like, they know what they've got, though. It's not like they've... Hired someone as part of this warehouse era and just thought, oh, he's a solid hand. Mm. Like they booked him to his strengths in NXT. So I've got no idea why they haven't bothered on the main roster. Um, it's all a bit just, it's weird. It's very, very weird. Um, suppose with Triple H, you actually can let these things play out to an extent, maybe. I don't know. Um, another problem I kind of have, and look, I don't want to do catastrophe, hot take, doomsday for the sake of, you know, trying to get a rant out of it and engagement or whatever, but I don't really know what they're doing with LA Knight. Like, realistically, there is the suspicion that this can't last forever, that he might not necessarily have the in-ring chops to carry this kind of push or to become a permanent main event player. We kind of saw evidence of that in the body of this match where it's like he's not the best wrestler Mm. By half, realistically, mm. he just isn't. So why not capitalize now? And the guy's 40 years old or approaching 40. He's not going to evolve into a world-class worker. Like, he is what he is at this yep. point. Um, he's madly popular. I do not understand why, when it's just the United States title, mm-hmm. he can't beat Austin Theory at SummerSlam. Hold it. Be a focal point of programming. It's not as if, like... 
he's the kind of baby face that needs the fans' sympathy, or you can build this really Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, Daniel Bryan arc. He is a guy who doesn't need to face adversity. No. Which is the... Mm. Adversity and story are the two words that, if they get left behind forever in 2023, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> he's not that kind of character. He's the cocksure, sort of drenched in self-belief. And even if they don't want to position him as the tippy-toppy main event face of the company type, and I kind of agree with that because I don't think he's got the in-ring chops, which, while not as important as previous years you still need to be able to back it up at the top level. And even in WWE, like Cody and Seth are positioned as the top faces mm -hmm. because they can go. LA Knight really can't that much, I don't think. And his character is not the kind of character I think you should do the whole Triple H's favoured delayed gratification bit, which he's doing right now with Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So it feels already like a bit of a diminished return of a different story arc right now. Just give him the U.S. title. It's the U.S. title, mm -hmm. and you've got a hot hand, and he's not going to get any hotter or any better, quite frankly. And if you're already doing this adversity-style storytelling in your top program and with your top baby face, don't do it with L.A. Knight. No. To, I hate using cliches, but let's just make some, hey, yeah, while the sun shines with him. You know what I mean? But it, it, the thing I thought was, A, the small relief was that he didn't get pinned here. Because that would have been really like, what are you doing? And I was, you know, pleased to see the report that apparently post SummerSlam he's going to get a push. I'm like, Why really? Wait, like from the start different of this characters, year, you yeah. Know? From the start of this year, aside from the obvious main event is across both companies, LA Knight has been one of the most popular wrestlers of the year. You didn't use him at all at WrestleMania, which was astonishing. And then it felt like, okay, we know what we're getting. Is he going to be on the SummerSlam card? Probably. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, if you'd have asked me. In the immediate aftermath of Mania, what would you like to see him do, if anything, at SummerSlam? I'd have said, yeah, mid-card title, not Gunther's, so obviously United States Championship. And yeah, We'll get to Austin Theory in a bit, actually. Um, and Santos, because I want to give him some credit as well. Uh, Most of it. Yeah. Um, it would either have been that, or yeah, a Logan Paul thing. I don't know what they're going to... It's only well, less than two weeks away now. And... Uh, I mean, he might, he'll probably... Well, if they've he could host any, it. I was going to say, if they've got any sense, they'll get him on the card one way or another, even if he's not working. Maybe that's the best-case scenario than just a nothing squash match or whatever. But, yeah, if, I was baffled by the decision not to do this. Then again, Santos Escobar, who I assume is winning next week, uh, made a good case for himself a little bit later Yeah, on. that's the thing. They've got a selection headache, at least. Mm, yeah. It's not so... We are far, like, in terms of the complexion of the audience and all the rest of it, and in terms of the booking plans and all the rest of it, we are far, far removed from that oppressive, oh, you like Daniel Bryan? Well, you'll get a not-ready Roman Reigns instead. <laughs> or, oh, you want him to work a B-level pay-per-view? No, you know, you get Kane. It's not that. I want to make it very clear that we are nowhere near that level of oppression, of being, like, really antagonistic. There is a selection headache. They're not going with someone that the office likes and likes alone here. But it's still, to me, it's it's, it's Eli Drake. Like, he's not Zack Ryder, but he's not Cody Rhodes yeah. either. I think he's somewhere it, between the two. And where the, between those two people, where he is at is he can have a nice, lengthy reign with a mid-card mm -hmm. title, and they should just... Get on with it. Yeah, you maybe could sell me on the World Heavyweight Championship because it is not the main yeah, title, yeah. but if it was just Roman Reigns' title, even if it wasn't around Roman Reigns' waist, if it was just the undisputed, I'd be like, that's 
maybe a stretch. But yeah, because if they put he him in be at least minute, a mid card champion in twenty twenty three, yeah, if they put him in twenty minute main events, like trust me, they will expose him. Yeah, and the fans will realize, oh, he's a bit boring, and then the the call and response stick won't be as fun when you realize, oh, I've seen the best of what this can be. Give him the United States title. You could have a two-star match with Austin Theory for 10 minutes in SummerSlam, and it'll be really over so much so that'll probably go up to three and a half. Yeah. Like, the, the reaction in the act. Just make... With a character like LA Knight, you don't need to do this. All he needs to face adversity and delay the gratification. He's a very confident bloke. Mm. He doesn't need... He doesn't have these crises. <laughs> Just give him the friggin' belt. It's only the fucking Austin Theory's US title. <laughs> Um, we get a glimpse into the dream future, I believe. Jey Uso is walking backstage, and not only does he walk past our boys, Tony D and Stacks. Oh, yeah, huge bad. Uh, great thing on, uh, I think it was on socials, of Tony D and Stacks walking backstage <laughs> and pretty deadly going past them and then being like, did we murder those guys? Yeah, yeah. Lovely touch that. But also a resplendent-looking Creed Brothers. Get them on SmackDown, please. Um, although, well, they're kind of busy down in NXT, but you have to listen to the NXT podcast to find out more about that. You do. Um, Austin Theory's grumpy because uh, of Ray and Santos and what have you, and he goes to Postman Pierce and demands a match against Santos Escobar. And Postman Pierce is like, all right, for the United States Championship. And, of course, Austin Theory, the coward's like, no, 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 non-title. And uh, Postman Pierce just agrees. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and we got a video recapping Cody and Brock to sell us on Raw this week. We'll talk about that later, of course. Um, and see, we see Mellow and Trick ringside. I just love seeing our NXT boys on and, and girls. There's a lot of them for some reason. I yeah. know the reason, but really, it was still a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was a Tiffany Stratton. They want NXT to be dynamite and stuff. I think they've got the bit between their teeth. I do think they genuinely at one point stopped caring because it's completely in the rear view. Like, the tactics they try to use to destabilize. When they put Edge on and it went down. Yeah. And um, AEW went to try and really just cut its legs off from underneath it. Like Those days are gone. I don't think they see it as a concern. I think they see it as a bonus. Mm. And this NXT thing, they've stumbled upon something that could make it the third top brand in wrestling. And why not consolidate, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, and we saw uh, Tiffany Stratton at ringside for this next match. Charlotte Flair versus EO Sky. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, I think the highlight of this for me, uh, nothing against the wrestlers. I don't, I don't know what it was. It, it felt like they were just on different pages or different books, arguably, at some points. The highlight for me, I, I went back to write this down. It's so funny. Because I love Bailey so much and her future. Oh, I wasn't talking about Cole. that. Sorry. I've got more Schadenfreude sense of humor than you, but we'll ca carry on. So Cole welcomes Bailey's commentary, and they've recapped, obviously, what happened and the shenanigans and the triple threat now for the title at SummerSlam, obviously. Uh, and Cole says, oh, I'm surprised you're here, um, Bailey. I'm surprised you've managed to get all that blue mist off your face. And Bailey says, <laughs> in the most Charlie Nicholas way possible, I'm surprised you got all that drool off your face because you drool when you're sleeping because you're an idiot. Now, if that was a genuine attempt at a put down, it was dreadful. But I think because it was Bailey. She does this on purpose. Yeah, and um, uh, Stu Bennett uh, immediately after was like, <laughs> yeah, he is an idiot, isn't he? I don't know why. I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, you, I'm surprised you got the drool off your face, you drooler. You, you drool when you're asleep because you're <laughs> stupid. Yeah. You don't even wear your glasses on telly. So. Because you'd think everyone would uh, make, make fun of you. Uh, so, yeah, go to Specsavers. <laughs> if you're wondering, just, just Google Jeff Stalin, Charlie Nicholas. 
War of Words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they spill to the outside to take us to a break. When we come back, Charlotte's getting into it with Bailey, who's on commentary and keeps just standing up and yelling at points, saying, oh, I don't want to talk about shots. See, my mate's in trouble. So, hey, 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 hey. That was one of the distraction work, which, I mean, yeah, fair. Um, so Charlotte goes for a knee. Sky moves and hits a running double knees for a two count. Charlotte comes back with a fall away slam. Clothesline, two count. Goes up top. Bailey gets up and distracts her. Sky manages to grab her for a power bomb for a two count. And then Shotzi appears on the Tron, giggling and saying, Bailey, with the, the hair and the scissors and all that. And Bailey's all spooked by this. And so she runs away. Uh, and I thought this Big. was a cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be. Uh, uh, the, the distraction that led to the finish uh, because Sky was going up top and then Charlotte knocked her off of there. But no, that wasn't the end. Uh, Sky missed a moonsault, but then so did Charlotte. Well, she didn't miss it, actually. Sky got her feet up. Um, Charlotte gets her with a spear for a nice two count. Goes for a German suplex, but Sky rolls through and hits the double stomp. They go up top, trade roll-ups, and then out of nowhere, Charlotte's hit, Charlotte hits natural selection for the win. And then immediately afterwards... This Asuka- is a bit... Um... Euphemism. Yes. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, Asuka runs in and attacks Charlotte and puts her in an arm bar and then dances around a bit. Um, a cringeworthy sort of um, shenanigans to advance the other feud during the match and the match itself. Well, it wasn't good, was it? No. It was not really good at all. Um, I'll tell you what, right. I like them even in slow motion at points. That's just Charlotte Flair on telly now. It's really she like, needs to stop doing that cartwheel clothesline thing again. Never taken a bump in my life, but it's like seen as uh, thingy springboards, yeah, uh, yeah. pop up stunner or whatever it is that he used to do. It's so convoluted, and you just be like, well, why don't you just why don't you just hit a cutter like if you're John Cena there, and if you're Charlotte, why don't you just hit a clothesline? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. If I'm imagining if you're a WWE fan and you really like this product and you don't want to be shortchanged and you want to watch it knowing that everyone's giving it their best, you're not going to find this funny and you're probably going to get annoyed by Charlotte Flair at this point. If, like me, you don't really have that much of an emotional investment in this product, um, what a fantastic throwback she is to a more carny time. Like, I love that she has worked, genuinely, worked herself into a position where she's still so good that on a pay-per-view she can just justify her spot that she kind of just gets anyway. Yeah. And work an absolute barnstormer. Like, I watched Willow versus Athena, <gasps> which is fantastic. And I'm thinking, was that as good as Charlotte Rhea? I'm not sure. That's one and a for me in terms of North yeah. American Women's Match of the Year. And then on TV, Charlotte Flair does nothing. Nope. She is like, um, this is going to be a question to which I know the answer is no. Have you ever seen much of uh, the honky-tonk man work in the indies just before he retired no. for a few paydays before his body was like, I literally can't do this anymore. So you would do the odd shot for any promoter daft enough to give him a four-figure sum or whatever. Um, you would do some of like the irony indie, those weird wacky battle royals that mm-hmm. they all copied off MGCW and the like. And then I think his last indie appearance was in 2019. But in that era... He wouldn't even bump for his own finish. <laughs> so the shake, rattle, and roll, that swing and neck breaker, he'd uh-huh. go on the back as well. He would do it and just go on his knees. Brilliant. And it's like the lesser of two evils. So I was going to hurt my knees, but, you know, I'd rather not do a back bump again yeah. or my neck or anything. So he just used to go, oh, and just kind of like, <laughs> it's just the weirdest finish you've ever seen in your life. But that was honky for you. An inveterate carny milking the teeth of pro wrestling 
what it was worth one last time. <laughs> she wrestles on television sometimes with as much effort as that. Yeah. That Hurricane Rana bump she took. Oh, you know, the yeah. flying Hurricane yeah. Rana. Oh, that was it when take her to a break. Yeah. Yeah, where she, Eel Sky, leaps off, does her part of the move, and then sort of like does her bump so she takes her legs away from Charlotte Flair's neck. Charlotte goes, right, okay. For whatever reason, she takes two seconds and then just does a roll. A forward roll, yeah. A forward roll. It's not a bump. She does a roll where it didn't look like it hurt at all because it was a forward roll, the likes of which my five-year-old daughter does on a carpeted wooden floor and actually crashes down. So she does more of a bump than Charlotte on a live televised <laughs> match. She does a forward roll on a protective Who's match. The best exactly. Cedric Affleck. And then she went, oh, it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, come on. And then, my God, that natural selection finish. I don't know who was more at fault. I saw a conspiracy circulate online that EO Sky just went, mm, and made it look crap on purpose in sort of retaliation, like a receipt for, are you going to make my bump meaningless mm. by doing a forward roll? I'm just going to make your finish look bad. So I don't know if there was a little bit of um, or a few receipts were thrown in there, a bit of politicking. Um, all I know is that the match sucked. <laughs> it was oh. such a weak, flat, natural selection. No oomph behind it whatsoever. <clears throat> they both, um, less so EO Sky, because I'm a big fan of EO Sky, and I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed with that money in the bank briefcase where she goes from here. But it felt like both of them went. So the takeaway from this match is Asuka jump Charlotte. Yeah. Doesn't matter the result. Doesn't matter the spots. Uh, and and arguably, arguably, the second takeaway from the match is Shotzi spooks Bailey. Yeah. So they're not they're they're third at best yeah. in terms of results slash spots unless they do something bonkers. So why bother? But yeah, I think I do think there was an element of oh okay, we're not we're not bumping today, are we? Yeah, I won't either. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio she bumped for the natural selection, like she was putting her head down for sleep for the night. <laughs> Like hitting the pillow. Yeah. Great. I, li- I like this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dominic Mysterio is backstage, new North American champion. Very, uh, very pleased with himself, Rhea, alongside him. Uh, and he said, look, I'm just here to show my deadbeat dad what a champion looks like, even if he does win next week. And then at SummerSlam, he's only going to be United States champion. I'm going to be the whole of North America champion, which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, he gets interrupted by Butch, who says... Have a bit of knuckle fight then. I'll fight you for that title. And Dom's like, oh, I'm not ready. The title's not shiny enough. And most importantly, ugh, no one's here from NXT to, to officially make Sanction that match. It. Yeah. And then in comes Shawn Michaels to a nice reaction. Uh, who says, actually, yeah, I like the sound of that. Let's make that match official. I think for a split second he forgot what Butcher's he name did, was. He did, he did. He went, oh, can I tell you what, yeah. You're going to put that title on them tonight, line tonight against... Not Pete Dunne, not Pete Dunne, not Pete Dunne. Butch, that's Butch. what we're calling him now. Someone on Twitter was like, yeah, that's on purpose because they're building the Pete Dunne repackage. No, the man just forgot that his gimmick name is Butch now. Yeah, they change people's names so often that they're just like, what are we calling you this week? Yeah. <laughs> that is a real stretch. Hey, guys, that's some breadcrumbs for this. Yeah, and, uh, no, people, are there. Not, people are deranged. People are deranged. We're not going to bother because, like you say, you shouldn't even give these people you know, the, your attention. So... Remembering that tweet to then quote tweet in six weeks is far too far. You know, no need for that. But, like, they're just going to turn around and go, this guy's Pete Dom. Yeah. They're not going to be like, well, this has been coming for a while, guys. I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, he doesn't really go by that name. They're just going to say he's Pete Dom. Yeah. Wasn't this going to happen, like, a year ago yeah. when Triple H is in charge? I don't think they care. No. They just uh, forgot his name, that's all. Uh, Roman Reigns is backstage looking at his lay. There's another term for this, and I always forget what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, but he's he's looking at that, and then he's looking at Solo. He's looking at that as well, and he's he's pissed, pissed off. Um, and then, ooh, it's ooh. a shiver down my spine. This Sige Bailey's uh, getting back to the locker room. Turns a bag around. There's a bloody pair of scissors with a, a face on it, getting stabbed through. Is that <laughs> hair versus face? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I have, I think, booked quite a nice one. Because, yeah, there's a her picture, stabbed, pair of scissors, spooked. That's what they said. She's been spooked. So they can bail out of there, her and Neo Sky. Hamlet suggested prior to the Shotzi head shaving thing, hair versus hair, but not Bailey has to shave her head. Bailey has to put her hair back in the ponytail, which I thought would have been a nice, like, yeah, a nice little callback and what have you. But, yeah, I don't know what the bloody hell they're leading to here. It's but a match. Yeah. Fair play to Shotzi for the real reason. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Head. Never let that go unstated. Mm. But, uh, yeah, spooky. Spooky. <laughs> San Francisco I pulled a good match out of Austin Theory next. What? Where did this come from? Huh? It was, was hard by the finish. Like. Well, this is the thing I was about to say. I, I don't want to keep banging on about, oh, crowds, 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 crowds. But, like... Some of the raw crowds recently have been night and day for the raw crowds, let's say six weeks ago or whatever. And you look and watch this compared to a collision or a dynamite. And it's like, how are there that many people? It's like, have you got a machine that makes anti-noise? That like sucks the noise out, like vacuum? Because there was just nothing for this. The thing is, I've made this point before. It's almost, as you say, it's impossible. Like with that many people in one building, you should at least be able to hear ambient sounds Mm. like 
background noises like a cough or some chatter. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. It's it's quite staggering. It's like projecting darkness onto something. How do you how do you do, how do you do that? Mm. Like I get it if you turn all the lights off, but that's no, uh, the absence of light. Yeah. So like I said, dead at the beginning, really hot by the end, all basically down to Santos Escobar being great. Uh, he's in control early on. Theory comes back, hits a DDT. Escobar fires back up and clotheslines him off the top rope and Theory sort of begging off, calling for a timeout as we go to a break. When we come back, Theory's in control. He hits a backbreaker, goes to the apron for a big suplex to the floor, but Escobar counters, kicks him, hits a great tope to the outside, sends him onto the commentary table and gets a great reaction. He's firing this crowd up. They're getting behind him. He's a great in-ring worker, like. Yeah, he goes up top, crossbody, gets Theory up. Theory does a sort of weird... It was like a chop block, but from the front, no idea what that was meant to be. Uh, hits a br- sort of modified brain buster for a two count. Goes for a town down. Escobar gets out of it, boots him in the face. He hits a super hurricane rana off the top. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd ever hear, hear that button pressed in an Austin Theory match. No. But here we are. Phantom Driver, one, two, three. Non-title, of course, but... Yeah, it was much preferable to what I thought the alternative was going to be, which would have been a DQ. Yeah, I'm surprised it's got a finish, and that got me cynical. Like, is Ray going to win next week? Mm-hmm. And then Santos costs Ray, with the idea being that... Hijacks the LWO or something. Yeah, something to the effect of, I beat him first, and you've gone in and stole the glory for the title when it was my title or whatever. Because why do this if the direction is Escobar versus Theory at SummerSlam again? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's odd, but we'll let it play out. Santos versus Ray Food. Give me that. I think that would be tremendous. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, in and of itself, without worrying about the future storyline ramifications, perhaps with a cynical viewpoint like I just inherently have. Like, Jesus Christ, Santos, as he said, got a hot match out with Theory by mm-hmm. the finish here. Like, it was like he turned a switch. Yeah, like, like re- I was really impressed by his individual performance. If here. Santos wins next week, he was there as well. Yeah, <laughs> if Santos wins next week, beats Ray by hook or by crook, I hopefully clean because it'd be weird to send him into that as a cheater to get to Austin Theory. Um, yeah, I won't be so. Oh, it's a United States Championship match. I'll be like, I don't know who's going to win. Mm. Like, assume that Austin Theory would retain so LA Knight can take it off him, but LA Knight could play more of a heel if Santos was champion. It could be a hot potato sort of thing. And also, I won't be going, they'll go 10 minutes and that'll be kind of it. I'll be like, oh, looking forward to this if Santos can drag it out of Austin yeah. Theory again. One of the better matches of Austin Theory this year. Oh, I was impressed. Um, I not believe it. Bobby Lashley's backstage. Uh, this time chatting to, to Mello and Trick Williams. But before we can hear what on earth's going on there, it's time to uh, see Dominic Mysterio making his entrance. Record-breaker Dominic Mysterio, Twitter told me. The first man ever to have the... I have to be careful how I say this. The main event match on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT in a week. He was in the main event. Someone tweeted this saying he was the main event on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And they were like... You know what, SmackDown? Yeah. It's kind of a big thing after that, but yeah. I mean, that just shows he's the, you know, future, Silver. He's the future of this company. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. Um, Butch uh, does his breaking his bloody fingers and snapping his arm to start us off. Uh, and Dominic just bails. Uh, Rhea Ripley gets involved. Of course she does. She gives Dom a chain. Ridge Holland runs down, so before Dominic can clock Butch with the chain, he pulls it out of his hands, and that takes us to a break. When we come back, Dominic's working over Butch. 
Here comes our boys, pretty deadly. Um, this popped me. Elton Prince, who they they did a thing on this earlier on, so they didn't they, they informed the idiots fans if you didn't watch literally seven days ago. He got an injury in that match with the brawling brutes in his leg, and it was yeah, it was his labor, his shoulder, his arm, whatever it is, his, his arms all strapped up, so he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, I mean that's I just love that. so I love them so much. Um, so he, they come down and give, oh, bloody you, Ridge bloody Holland. Um, Dominic <laughs> Dominic toys with former NXT champion Pete Dunne. Bad idea. Was he ever the champ? No. What am I talking about? Former NXT UK, UK. champion. That's what I mean. Uh, Butch fires back up and starts kicking him in the head. Um, Dom comes back, sets up for the 619. Butch counters that. Uh, and then Kit Wilson decides. They, they get into it shouting at Ridge Holland again. And Rich Holland sort of squares up to them like, time to get out of here. And he starts starts wheeling out on Prince out. And then Kit Wilson, of course, turns around and cheap shots Rich Holland. That fires Butch up, who goes out and clocks him, or tries to even the odds at least. And Kit Wilson's like, that's my sign to leave. And he just hightails it out of there. And there's one side Rich Holland, the other side Butch. Poor Elton Prince in a wheelchair. It's looking like he's going to accept his fate. And then a miracle happens. Yeah, and I was oh, I couldn't believe this. Jumps to his feet and legs it to the back. It's just fantastic. I love Pretty Deadly. They just so know their act inside out. It's a lot of fun. It's classic stuff. Um, I'm really a fan of it. Um, they might be the ones to take the titles off KO and Sammy for me. I wouldn't be against that remotely. Uh, this match, Jesus Christ, the finish. Oh, yeah, sorry, I haven't got to the finish, have I? Yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, God, yeah, I've just remembered. Because I was like, oh, it was just the interference. No, Butch has done that. He's on the apron. Uh, Dom takes the ref. Rhea hits a chop block. Butch gets grabbed by Dom, sent into the ring post. And what's meant to happen, Michael Sidgwick? This kid is useless. <laughs> Not Butch. No, no, no. Yeah. What's meant to happen is chop block, post, quick, get him back in, haul him in, grab, a, grab, a, grab his leg, one, two, three. Ah, oh, you've bloody stolen one. That didn't happen, though, did it, Michael Sidgwick? No, because, look, it might feel like I'm exaggerating for comic effect to say that Dominic Mysterio literally doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> but at times, he literally doesn't know what he's doing or where he's meant to be. Like, hearing he was too close to the ropes yeah. and hearing the referee say that, like, almost annoyed, you're in the ropes. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like, you know, sometimes where they'll, they'll hit a... Move out of nowhere. Let's just say halluva kick because that's in the corner. And the person goes, well, bloody hell, that's knocked me out. And they flop and you just grab whatever leg's closest to you. And then you realize, oh, no, their arm or their leg has just flopped under the rope. And you just have to just pull that in. Yeah. And there's, there it is. He was basically in the... They were both in the just ropes. in the ropes. And the referee was like, I can't do it, man. Will you just... The referee all but said out loud... You're botching the finish, lads. <laughs> I obviously can't count it. Nothing Butch, nothing Butch can do. He's just meant to be uh, a, a body. I know, I know. Um, have I seen this before from Dominic Mysterio? Or was this Mandela effect? I feel like yeah. he is. He gets himself in these ropes more often than is ideal for one of the biggest heels in the company. Well, like, you and I have never taken a bump, but I'm fairly certain I could pin you or you could pin me and go, just to double check, there is just a quick ocular, four limbs. A quick ocular pat down. Maybe if there's a rope digging into your back, you probably realize I'm in the ropes. 
Like, it's a good job, and I'll say this relentlessly, it's a good job that, A, his character is meant to be in over his head. Yes. Rookie, who's been pumped up by his evil associates into thinking he's worthy, he's meant to be a little bit bad. Yes. He cannot do this forever, but it's just as well that part of his character is a little bastard who's in over his head because, my God, he method acts the sh- <laughs> out of this role. Like, I don't know how you have a match this calamitous with Pete Dunne. Yep. But ultimately, no one cares. People love hating this guy. He's the ultimate love-to-hate guy for WWE fans, hence why they will follow him to NXT, but mm-hmm. they don't follow everyone there, Edge. Um, <laughs> look, in two or three years, this will become a problem yep. because he's never going to be as spectacular as his dad ever. He's ne- never going to be as technically good as his dad. At some point, this is going to wear off. He can't play a little brat for ages when he turns 30 or at least 35 with how WWE characters age. <laughs> it works for him at the minute. That's all I'll say. Uh, and then before the main event, uh, we get informed of what's coming up next week. We'll preview it on Friday, of course. As I mentioned, Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio and all LWO affair to see who's heads to SummerSlam to face Austin Theory. Yay! And we're also getting Karen uh, Cross versus Carl Anderson. No! Because inexplicably, the Styles Cross feud must continue, even though Styles has comprehensively won every time it's been a fair fight. Yeah, um, it's weird. This, you know, the multiverse theory. Go on. Where like there's a there's a alternate universe, and there's infinity amounts of uh-huh. them that cover every single scenario that could play out in your life. Carl Anderson versus. Carrion Cross, like in the next closest possible alternate universe in which it pretty much goes the same. That would be in the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think that could happen in this one? That's how feasible it is. Yeah. Why? It's the it's like, put, if you're going to do that, do it on FS1. Yes. Where you're going to get, yes. well, yeah, when you, I couldn't believe that. They, I'll save that one for Fox. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good exactly point. the kind of filler you put on FS1 knowing, right, well, it's a cheat code to advance a story that no one really cares about with an incredibly uninteresting chapter. How that on FS1? Mm-hmm. You're really good point. I was, I was baffled. Hey, save your hot takes for Friday on that one, though. That's obviously we need to... Oh, God, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. You want to step on our own dick. I want to spoil your expert booking of every spot in that match. Yeah, yeah. What could possibly happen when he faces an underling of of AJ Styles? Yeah. He'll probably lose again. Uh, right, main event time, the rules of engagement thing with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and Roman Reigns makes his big entrance. Love it. It's my favourite thing, especially on a Sunday evening where I want to go to bed and I've got to say five minutes. <laughs> Does Orlando acknowledge me? I acknowledge my tribal chief. Uh, and he's they're sat around a table, they've got the contract there, and he's asking Jay if he still wants to do it. And Jay's like, Yeah, I still want to do it. You're making me do it because you put Jimmy in the hospital. Rome says, You just don't get it. You're a soldier, you're a pawn in the game, and he confidently signs the contracts and hands it to Jay Uso, who doesn't sign it, he just tears it up and he reveals, We don't need this contract, we've already got one in blurred. Uh, it's tribal combat now. Roman suddenly gets this look on his face, and he's like, do the elders know about this? Jay says it was their idea, Oos. Uh, talks about wanting to use a whole bunch of weapons on Roman Reigns. Roman gets pissed off by this little fired-up Roman Reigns. So 
to shut his mouth. He's run this business for almost a decade. Puts his beautiful title on the table, lays it down, let's go. The blade gets put on it. And Jay says, it's tribal combat. And they stand up. And for once, they don't just get into a, you know, scrap. They respectfully shake hands, push their heads against each other. Roman goes to leave. Solo goes to spike Jay, but Roman stops him. Jay super kicks Solo Sokoa. Roman stares at Jay and bails. Uh, and they stare at each other whilst Michael Cole confirms tribal combat for SummerSlam for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Have they um, elaborated on what tribal combat is? I'm inferring that it's a no DQ and there's yes. going to be weapons in it. Um, I really liked this. I thought it was understated. Yes. Um, well, like, they tr- for me, they try very hard with this. Like, when they're crying in the middle of the <laughs> ring. The face rubbing. The face rubbing. Like, there was an element of that when it was sort of agreed and they'd put the, and Roman put the lay on the title. Jey Uso did his hands on each side of his cheek, looking downwards, rubbing it at the floor, where it's like, man, something big's just happened, and I'm going to emote that big development <laughs> with my face. So there's an element of that. But I tell you what, I thought this was quite clever because I think they've tried to obscure the Jimmy Uso interference. Yes. In the match All itself. for everyone to see last week when Paul's literally talking down the camera to him. Because I thought the implication of what they did, I think it put over the gravity of what they were seeing, where it's like, obviously we're kind of, this is a fierce grudge program, we've completely fallen out, we hate each other, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this is a big thing, big sort of respectful occasion with huge gravity attached to it. Let's convey that by just, like men, shake hands, we're going to go to war, there's time to kill each other later, but for now, this is pretty, there's the gravity here. Yeah. Let's sort of wade in that for a moment to let it register as a big deal. And I love the idea of tribal combat means man to man, mano we mano. We can use weapons, we can kill each other, but it has to be we kill each other. Yes. There's no bollocks on the outside. And they've tried to put that across by having Solo go, right, okay, well, enough of this. Let's weaken him ahead of the match. And Romans went, nah, no, it's different. Yes. We have to do this between each other. And the rest of it. Yeah, it's not going to be Roman telling Jimmy, you need to attack your brother now. I, I, yeah. I, I love the way that they've laid this out because I think, you know, we all sat here. Or it could be a big ruse. Yes. A big, big ruse where either way, the implication is, no, it's a fair fight this time. Mm. And then it's not going to be when J- Jimmy comes out. You could say that's predictable, but A, it might not happen. B, if it does They've laid the groundwork with a rare, understated segment that it will scat, it'll get a pop. And uh, it, yeah, so often we sit here and say, "Why well, have you made your baby face look completely stupid?" Like if you're making the rules for a match with Roman Reigns, the first thing you do is say, "Right, Solo Sokoa is not ringside." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep Paul Heyman there; he doesn't really interfere in matches. I think that could be a nice wrinkle to, let's say, Roman Solo. That that's the moment Paul Heyman decides to like, pop Roman's leg on the rope or whatever. The storyline is so over. That Paul Heyman, after the bell sounds, looking at Roman apprehensively and then walking out will get a standing ovation. Yeah, exactly. Like Paul Heyman walking will get a standing ovation. <laughs> but um, yeah, when he didn't do that, yeah. I thought that's dumb. But then in. I thought it was implied. Yeah, in Jay's head, you go, well, even if they instruct Solo to interfere, which he probably won't because it's tribal combat. Oh, and by the way, get some elders at ringside. Please. I think they've tried this before and they're a bit too old to travel. Yeah. Well, just 
start traveling now and then you can get some <laughs> time. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, please don't bite my head off here. It's the Matt and Jeff Hardy thing when Jeff's fighting Punk, I believe it was, on the yeah. road to WrestleMania. And Matt's like, I've had enough of this. Comes in with a chair. Obviously, don't do it to the head, but. And it's like, oh, thank God he's going to even the odds. And it wham, turns around and nails Jay with it. There's your match for, or there's your feud going forward. And Roman's like, hey, I didn't have any anything to do with that. I mean, that's the, you know, the wise man may have, you know, said what he said to, to, to Jimmy, but I had no part in that. I stuck to the rules of tribal combat. Yeah, just a real exciting twist on their bloodline story. Yeah. For something that, yeah, like you say, for it's an FS1 show. It's not the go-home show. You've got another couple of shows before SummerSlam. You could have just, arguably, they could have just spanned their wheels or just had a typical, like, J beats X jobber solo spikes him. Oh, bloody hell, what's wrong? Yeah, we have yeah. to say about this next week. No. Good development. Looking forward to this at SummerSlam. It's fairly obvious you can see where it's going, uh, for the most part, anyway. But, yeah, understated. Understated, a bit of gravity to the match, I thought. Good stuff. Right, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why I say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be back later on to preview Monday Night Raw and very soon to uh, review this week's episode of AEW Collision. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 